0: Hello, beautiful people! How you spirit doing? Welcome back to another episode of Peace Talk Podcast. Today's episode was going to feature my second-to-last guest for Season 3. Unfortunately, she MIA. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like I, I'm super transparent. I've been calling, I've been texting her, I, te- I text her. You know what I mean? Like That's that's real life. It's real life when you text somebody. It used to be when you call somebody, but now, nah, when you text somebody... And then the bubbles pop up like bitch I know you didn't read When I No I'm just i just played. Right. Well, I mean I did text her. That's for real. I don't mean to call her bitch. She's a pretty fantastic young lady. If I can be honest with you, I hope she um appears on a future episode. But we we have to keep uh, to to my schedule. I have a schedule now, part of this podcast. Um which which is pretty cool. Which is very, very dope because next week is one of my best friends and I say that a lot. And I don't want y'all to believe I have a lot of best friends cuz that's not the that's not the case at all. <laughs> like I just it like <laughs> all right, this is stupid, but let's just let's just go down this rabbit hole with me. It's like the X-Men, okay, you got your core base, and I, I maybe I shouldn't have chose this because I'm not great with X-Men and Marvel knowledge, okay, I just it just popped in my spirit, so I'm going to go with it, but I know there's a core, you know what I'm saying, I know there's like a, a core five to seven, you got your Wolverines and your, your Storms and your Cyclops, and, and, and Cyclops is, is fucking Gene, but Gene kind of want that Wolverine dick, I don't know the whole story. but there's a lot of x men outside of them so 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 i got a core 5 you know or a core 6 i guess i should say um and what what's kind of crazy because looking at it we we just have when i say we i'm just speaking for the you know all seven of us we we have this relationship that goes all the way back to high school where there was two main high schools as far as i i went to cast tech which I don't care what anybody said. Number one high school in in Detroit, both killing it. And then there's Renaissance, and they're like academically we're number one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're fucking nerds, okay? Which is like we we were nerds too, but we were like cool nerds. I think that's the difference. It's like, are you getting nerd pussy or are you just you know playing with Legos? I don't know. I don't know what le- what nerds do in uh <laughs> you know the early 2000s, but it's gotta be Legos and putting puzzles together so uh i went i went to cast my my sister tiffany she went to renaissance and you know middle school we that's when i feel like you don't really start having friends until middle school elementary school is just like (laughs) it's like pre-season okay like i mean if you are still best friends with people that you went to elementary school with kudos to you, okay? Like, you don't get a you want a fucking cookie? I don't know. <laughs> like, good, good, good job. You you guys need to move away from each other. Because that's that's essentially what your elementary school friends were. Like, people, kids in the neighborhood. Middle school, you travel a little bit. Had to take two buses to go to, <laughs> to, go to this middle school, which I went to this middle school because I was chasing a girl, which I think I shared that story. And if there's time, I'll get to it, but I'm sure there won't be time, and I'm sure I won't get to it, but so I go to middle school, I meet Tiffany and we just had like a great friendship. Like the type of friendship that you don't expect, it's like, like the type of friendship you don't expect to have in, in seventh grade. You know what I mean? Like I, I know this person, she knows me, we, we, we just clicked. And at the time we were both like publicly claiming other people as our best friend. I have the best friend named Carrie, and uh, love her. Still best friends to this day. But like I like that's my best friend because me and Carrie had met in sixth grade. You know what I mean? So we had a great, you know, uh, advantage. <laughs> you know, and then Tiffany, she had like uh she had an elementary friend she was holding on to, uh, which is now all of our friends. So maybe 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 I maybe I should be friends with my elementary school people. It's weird. I still know a bunch of them, and there are there are like a good. Eight of them that I, I love, but I don't still talk to anybody, and I think that's probably the difference. It's like, who are you still in contact with? Who do you who phone numbers in your in your phone? So, you know, seventh grade, everybody started associating me and Tiffany. Like, hey, you guys are best friends. Fuck <laughs> fuck your list. You don't know what say whatever you thought. No, you guys are best friends. And by the time we got to eighth grade, we were just inseparable, and we took that energy to high school, which was super like discouraging because by the end of eighth uh, by the end of eighth grade everybody had selected you know the high schools to go to and don't don't judge me but (laughs) i look at high school like i look at college i'm like because because at this time and i i'm sure it's the same you have to apply to get into these high schools because they're they're prestigious for the most part you know uh high schools you had to have a certain gpa and and so on and so forth and i was i was smart but i wasn't like killing it you know what i'm saying like like, um i think part of why i applied to cast was because i didn't think i could get into renaissance because i thought renaissance was like straight a you know nerds and I was like kind of a nerd it's like I was a nerd with the glasses without the tape you know what I'm saying like but in renaissance you have the tape and you have the fucking chain that went around so you don't lose them and that that's just how I looked at it so I I, I applied I don't even think I applied to one I think I only applied to cast because I only applied to one high school because it was like if I don't get in I'm not going to high school it's like fuck college you know what I'm saying so like you know what you gonna make me you're gonna make me go to high school? So I applied. I applied, and I was the only one out of like our little circle of friends to apply and and get accepted. I believe. I I don't know their life story. I don't know if they applied to multiple schools or if they did the same. But I had only applied to one high school. I got accepted. Kind of exciting. But I didn't know anybody that was going. Like nobody. And I mean, obviously there was people from there was people from my high school that was going. But I wasn't like. Friends with them, like I didn't have great. I hated high school. High school was the worst four-year span of my life, and it wasn't like I was teased or. uh, I mean, I was teased for a little bit. That's that's important to share. There was there was a time where, uh, (laughs) people who know me know this. There was a time where I was I was relaxing my hair. I was putting chemicals in my hair, make my hair spiky, or you know, curly or whatever. Well, here's the thing, I. I put it in to make it curly. Like that was the plan. And then what came out was spikes. And I'm like, I'm fucking rocking the spikes. And then B2K, uh, R&B group dropped. And it was like four or five uh, black kids that had like all different hairstyles. And so it almost made it like uh, popular to have different hairstyles maybe at this time. So there was a, almost a boost of confidence to just keep doing what I was doing and rock this ridiculous look. Look. But, in the early stages, <laughs> in the early stages only only part of my hair would get relaxed. so, like I would have like patches of nappiness and like a comb over of like like relaxed spiky, you know straight hair. it was it was the worst time for me and and like no one well, people kind of told me, but like no one like told me told me like they your hair is fucked up like you, you look like a porcupine, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, there, there's, it's just, it's patches of just, and like, dry, like, just patches of dry naps, and then, sh- you know, oil sheen, <laughs> shine, spiky hair, like, it was, like, what, was, what is happening, it's almost as like, someone took, like, a perm kit, and like, lit it on fire, threw it in my hair, and then exploded, and what you got is what you saw. So there were times where like my hair was just completely um what's the best word uh, like it just it just didn't look great and i did get teased for that and i got teased in a way where like my feelings was hurt but like you know they didn't break me you know what I'm saying? Like, like i was still like 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 my heart goes out to people that like deal with like extreme depression and like, you know, suicidal thoughts, things like that. Because, you know, when you're young, like you don't know how to handle some of this, some of the shit that comes your way. Obesity, people like you're fatty, fat, fat, and, um, you know, being skinny or, or unattractive acne. Like there's so much that goes on, especially during this, this, the, those four years where I feel like you, you I don't want to say mentally tough, but you experience shit on a, on a higher, on the highest level in your adolescence, like this is the pinnacle of of shit, so it was, I did get teased, I can't say that I never got teased, and within the four years, I just, I just checked out, you know, like I I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really apply, I didn't do well, I barely graduated, and and when it came to friendships, I didn't really like, I don't know, make a bunch of connections, Um, I can probably count on my finger, Maybe the half dozen of people that I I form lifelong bonds with. And only one of those people is is in that in that core, in our in our X-Man core. Her name is Shinora. You've you've met her. She's been on a previous episode. And she she's she's a fantastic friend. For a very long time I thought I was a good friend. I thought I I thought I was I wanna say great, but I'm gonna go ahead and knock myself down to good and i don't even know if i'm good <laughs> like like tiffany and Shonora, they remember children's names you know say they, they are they are there for you they they go above I, I, they go out of their way and and i'm a friend that will do what i can and the most that i can but i i don't have that clock like they have this clock of like you know like Shinore would be like, "Hey, it's it's Kobe's birthday in 7 weeks." I'm like, I didn't fucking know that? That's my child." You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was unaware. You know what I'm saying? Like they they and I don't know if it's the mother being a mother or uh, being a woman or whatever. They're just they're just exceptional friends. Love them. And then uh we we have my my two guy best friends. Uh one of them is it one of them we were we we, i I don't want to say we hated each other because because that wasn't really the truth the truth is he had issues with me because i was you know i was a baller okay that that's not a that's not i wasn't a baller but he i felt like he wanted to be me that that's fair to say i think i can say that on on my own podcast he wanted to be me back in eighth grade so there was maybe just maybe it was jealousy maybe it was just like uh Yeah, you know, like, fuck that nigga, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but he, uh, he, he went to, no, he didn't, he didn't go to Renaissance, he he went to King, which was like, between you and I, like, fourth and fifth on the list, you know what I'm saying, it was, it was not a top, not a top high school. you know what I'm saying, at all, but uh, he, uh, we ended up being really great friends, Uh, we, we, he was my best friend, uh, all through, High school. So I had, I had like a high school best friend, Will. That's my guy. And then, um, and then Deontay. Deontay was, uh, you know, like we, we would, you know, like stay the night over and, and he was just, you know, we, we, our birthdays are like two days apart. So for, you know, high school, we, we just went and told people we were twins. Like it was just, just, you know, we, we had a really great relationship. Uh, he was gay. Uh, for probably a long time you know (laughs) maybe um maybe before high school if 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 you ask me um but here's the thing i've been put in that category too like growing up you know how i am how i speak my mannerisms all of these things could put me in a category where someone can easily be like day you're you're gay and uh my first tease in elementary is people used to call me Galen like that was uh that's what they came up with which I can't fault them like kind of (laughs) clever you know what I'm saying but Deontay was still pulling hoes at this time like he was still he had a a way with the ladies and uh we we even had uh we even had a friend that that he dated and and I also dated so it was like him being gay was not like uh not a thing until he fell in love with me. That became a thing. I don't, I don't know if I should be putting all this information out, but again, it's my podcast, so just, just go with it. And, uh, and I love him, but like I, I wasn't, I wasn't in love with him. You know, what I'm saying like, you my, you my nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 um, so that that was that was a relationship that I had, and at the end of high school, uh, he's responsible for getting me out of Detroit because I moved to Minnesota. And then there's Azurail. Azurail A Z is He he's he's Dr. McDreamy. And I can say that. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy has a lot of things working for him. And uh congrats and salute because he he's um as of right now to me, he's he's a guy. Like he's a great example of that guy that everybody rallied around that, that is that is made it and that is making it. You know, sometimes Growing up, where we grow up, you look around and you're like, "Oh, that's the guy that's going to get in the NBA. That's the guy who's going to get in- into the NFL." And Hasario has, and he's he's had, you know, just as many obstacles as as any of us. Which is which is a lot to say because sometimes you see people when they make it or they're doing well in life, and you're like, "Mom and Daddy gave it to him." I uh, know he lost his mom. You know, like he he's he's had some some real, you know challenges and he just continues to persevere and, and he he as a black man inspires me and motivates me a lot he's in he's in our, our core and he went to renaissance and he sort of came out of left field there was a time where tiffany was really just like meeting people and introducing not uh, <laughs> introducing them into our group And, and at this time I I would try to hook up with them. That was my thing. Like Tiffany, she didn't realize it, but she was kind of like my pimp. Like she would go get the talent and she would bring, she would bring me the talent and I test it out. (laughs) So, so so there was, there was a span of our childhood growing up in the high school years where I was hooking up with, with majority of the friends that Tiffany would introduce us to, which is kind of funny because uh that's not my role anymore but that still goes on <laughs> in our group like tiffany will will be like hey this is my new best friend and somebody you know one of our friends would be like she's our friend now <laughs> you know what i'm gonna like, I'm I'm a slide in that so, <laughs> so 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 anyway we have the score five it's uh myself tiffany Shonora. And then the two guys, Deontay and Azrael And then Nicole is someone who was always attached at the hit with another one of our friends named Sherry. Sherry, up until a few years ago, called me up and was like, "Hey, I don't want to be friends with you anymore." <laughs> like she basically broke up with me through friendship. and <laughs> and f- for 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 a little bit of time, it really affected me because, like it happened within a, a span of I think six months of the last time I saw her. Cause we are all at, uh, Carrie, she had a wedding, she got married, they're doing phenomenal. And we were at this wedding and we had this really good, like, you know, time. And, and I thought everything was great. She gets into a new relationship or she's been in a new relationship. And (laughs) my theory has always been this, and I still stand by it. My theory has always been (laughs) that, uh, (laughs) that she was having a conversation with her fiance, uh, slash future husband, who is now her husband. And she needed like a scapegoat, like you know, it was like maybe a conversation of before we get married, you want to tell me some things, and I don't want to find out when we get married. And she's like, "I was a slut," you know what I'm saying, or, or maybe not those the, in those terms, but like, hey, uh you know, I messed around with a couple of these guys that I'm still friends with; they're still in my life, and I feel like he was like, cut them loose, you know what I'm saying, and so. For whatever reason, I feel like I got the blunt, the blunt of it, the the most of it. You know what I'm saying? Where where when it came to the snipping, I got it because we we had like a I don't know a three month relationship in high school, three months. Her and Deontay had like a, a, a two year thing, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, her and Azrael eventually had like this ongoing relationship three months. <laughs> and so She got married, and I didn't get invited to her wedding. But Deontay and Asriel, they were at the wedding. I don't know if they got invited or if they just showed up, but they were there. You know what I mean? So, I was feeling a certain type of way. But after a while, you start to realize the people that are going to be in your life, or they're going to be in your life. You know, like, there's no reason to sit around and be like, man, I wish this person was still in my life, or I wish, you know, you know that boyfriend or girlfriend like. <laughs> You are exactly where you're supposed to be, and unfortunately, uh, to lose a friend or a good friend or whatever you want to label these people, if they ain't in your life, it's it's definitely for a reason. And I'm gonna say it: you're better off. You are better off, unless like you were friends with like Beyonce. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you were friends with Beyonce and she cut you off, you probably fucked up big. <laughs> so- <laughs> Just my opinion. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. So, any, I don't want you to believe that I have a bunch of friends. I have this core, and then in my 36 years of leaving Detroit and meeting people, I've developed some really strong relationships, and they're relationships that I, I cherish. I'm not always the great at, you know, reaching out for birthdays and anniversaries, but hopefully they feel the love when, when we do chop it up and, and connect and, and all of that and so that, that's what I have and, and also I don't have that many guy best friends so next week is one of my guy best friends Michael who uh, <laughs> he's he's uh, you know I don't want to give anything away I think everything that he wants to talk about that I want to talk about would just be on the episode and so you just have to tune in for that and it's always it sucks when um, I have somebody scheduled and they can't make it or something like that but it just means you get to hear my sexy voice for 30 minutes, and I think that that's that's kind of a you know that's a kind of a treat for you. <laughs> so, so so here's what I'm gonna end the episode with. Um, I'm gonna take the next five to seven minutes telling you about this workshop that I got to do. So I, I got hit up by. Uh, by a guy. I was gonna say a friend of mine, but I feel like you were like you think you you just say you don't have friends. <laughs> this guy uh, who who fucks with me a lot and has put me in a lot of fun uh, opportunities in in North Iowa. They he he's in he's in a writers group. Uh, he's specifically Josh. He he writes screenplays and he you know does movies and you know there are other people in the group you know write novels and you know. Po- poems and some have been published some have not and so they get together once a month he reached out to me and, and <laughs> he, he he wasn't even at the meeting like he he was out of town on vacation but he was like hey if you want is this something you'd be interested in doing coming to being a guest speaker they had a speaker before me but it was via zoom so i, I believe he was in like australia like yeah I'll, I'll do it i don't what do you want me to talk about and the central theme was writing but i don't always write <laughs> uh, like if i could just be honest you and i i don't write as as much as you would think i i should or or maybe i should you like i don't write as much as i think i should as well but i'd be killing it <laughs> i'd like, be killing it on stage and it's it's a part of my process i realize as an artist i have these weird processes that i that i go through and for a lot of reasons some that aren't aren't necessarily clear it just works for me um doing the album and having like you know this amount of time recorded and and put out forever was 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 awesome and within the last year i've i've done a couple of jokes from the album. Not as many as you would, you know, you would assume because at this level, not many people have heard my album. Like only most people that have heard my album know me. So, so when I go perform in front of strangers, they haven't heard my album. They don't know I have an album. So, so, so I find myself doing some of the bits, but now I'm getting ready to like not do any of the bits because for the last year, especially the last six months, I've been working just like, it's like I've been writing on stage there's not a term for it, but I call it, um, mental writing where I am just creating as I'm going and I'm, I'm, I'm going back and I'm like, Oh, that was super hilarious. Like, let, let's see if there's an actual joke out of this, or if this is just a funny line that I can use the next time a woman says I have four kids, you know, and she's like 22, you know, <laughs> something like that. So I don't know. So so he asked me to do it. I said I I would do it. I show up and it, we were talk. We were gonna talk a lot about writing, and it was really just gonna be like a a Q and A open form. And some of the things got you know like some of the questions got asked. Some of them did, and some of them were just kind of like you know who's your favorite comedian? Just 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 a just kind of open. Like we we ended up just uh, having a great dialogue back and forth. And they they just really asked me whatever they wanted to ask me and. Uh, at the end I got compliments like you 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 have you ever thought about motivational speaking and you know inspiration like you 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 leave us wanting to you know do more and that, that is always a very positive thing to hear like what mo- like what motivates me slash what inspires me that was one of the questions it's not watching stand-up comedy on Netflix <laughs> like don't get me wrong I love to watch comedy um, more specifically live comedy it's just i think it's just like any sporting event when you watch it live you just see and feel the jokes you know <laughs> but not necessarily am i like oh my goodness i got to go write a new 5 minute set no i <laughs> it, it's all it's almost the opposite where like someone performs or i see something and the next time I sit down to try to write, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a really funny joke. Wait a minute. I just kind of heard something like that on the, you know, special I was just watching. And and it almost dilutes and, and, and creates writer block for me. So I think when I'm in that space of trying to create, I don't want to be influenced by comedy. Uh, but if it's any other time, then, then sure. So Uh, I I just want to leave you with with some of my answers slash I thought there were some really good questions and and maybe as we get into season 4 I'll do a little bit more of this because I don't know what you consider this podcast to be if it's a comedy podcast if it's a TED talk if it's me just talking with friends and people I know but sometimes I feel like I do hit the button on comedy and, and I'm talking about Maybe very interesting things about thing, you know, about about an aspect or a career that many of you aren't that aware or familiar with. And then other times I'm just giving you my straight opinion. And I think I want to just do a little bit more of both as we go into the the next season. So uh, here I'm going to read them and then uh, I'm going to try to answer them in the next couple of minutes. So (laughs) one of them was, uh, where do you get your ideas from? How do you stay creative and fresh? You know, especially when you're working in the same format for years. Um, what books, website, podcasts uh, do I find helpful as a writer? Uh, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, especially in like a small business, what aspects of stand up? Um, like, how do you basically balance, you know, the job and your normal life? And there was there was one more that that I wanted to um how do you handle rejection in a useful way? So there was, there was a lot more, but these were sort of the pre sent to me questions. And I just, I, I really love, I really love answering questions. Like I really wish you guys would be like, day, here's some fucking questions. Boom. Hit me with that's why as we go into the season four, uh, I'm going to end each episode with someone asking me a question. So, um, where do I get my ideas from? It's my perspective, which sometimes can be really fucked up. It can be dark. It can be, it can be super stupid and corny, but I love just the way I see the world. And sometimes that trans forms or, you know, it goes over really well in comedy. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes I'll have an idea or a thought that just does not hit. This does not sit well with the audience. And uh, I find it hilarious <laughs> and I'm not going to not find it hilarious but sometimes i will rework it so that maybe it we sort of find a common ground uh how do you stay creative and fresh so here's the, here's the thing about comedy I said this when I was talking to uh, comics this weekend. We were driving to Omaha doing a road gig, which is just again super dope to say. Hey, I'm leaving this state to go to another state and tell jokes in front of strangers. However, it was just five people, <laughs> so so uh, it's not always it doesn't always work in our favor, but it's always still really cool to get out of your normal. So, yeah. So we were talking about it. and The the. I got bored with my, my my jokes, you know, my first couple of years. Like, you, you're telling them and people are laughing and then they tell you you're supposed to basically work on them and get them polished and get them prepared and you just find yourself doing them over and over again and it's just, uh, you're like, let me go tell these dick jokes again, <laughs> you know, and, and that happens. It's super normal, but it also is a way for you to challenge yourself to sort of put a pin in it and start working and creating some new jokes so that you can get bored of. But in comedy, comedy is never finished. Like it's basically always current. So if you, if you're a comedian and you have a joke, you it's never finished. Like you should always basically be working on it, trying it. Now there are times where you have a joke and you add a, you know, you add a line or a tag. And it works for for a bit and, and you keep doing it. And the more you do it, you're like, no, the original tag or line worked better. And then you go back to how you were telling it. But the experimentation of jokes kind of never stops until you record it and put it out. So until you have a comedy album or a special and it's recorded for millions to see you're always basically still working on that 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 bit. Doesn't mean you can't retell it and you can't still like add to it. But that would be the closest to okay, this is done. Let me uh move on. And and for me, what I've been doing recently is just been fucking having a, a ball on stage. <laughs> some of the stuff I'm writing, some of the stuff I'm just creating on the spot, and I'm recording it, and I'm listening back to it, and I'm like, the this is gold. Like. There be times where I've had sets where I'm doing really well, and either I think I'm re- I'm recording the set, or I just didn't, and I just cannot remember what I said or how I said it or how I got from point A to point B, and so those those are the worst because I, I feel like sometimes I I forget you know a good amount of material that 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 could potentially be future. Um, bits that that i i could i could have and be working on and and growing and they're just lost and so my only hope is i am in a similar situation or just i'm you know it's like a muscle memory where i'm back on stage and something like that happens where i'm like boom okay i did say this you know three months ago at that small town and you know and boom it was super funny let me say it right now and go and then hopefully i've, I've recorded it so i can uh revisit it rejection is just a part of the business it's it's sucky to say but you have to get used to rejection and that's that's like not like how do you get used to shit that you don't like you know what i'm saying but but you'll be surprised what you can get used to if you build your defenses up my favorite quote of all time and i i'm sure i've shared this on here a couple of times I originally got it from J. Cole, but it's an unknown artist. And the quote goes, My heart is at ease knowing that what was meant for me will never miss me. And that what misses me was never meant for me. And that constant reminder is what helps me get through rejection. And and sometimes that could be binge watching your favorite show or listen to your favorite album again. I think having a source that you can go to Sometimes that being, you know, a friend to talk with and vent or just some alone time or some mental health thing that you do to build yourself up or lift up, you know, lift your head or spirit. I think having like a certain common practice are always things that I think are very helpful with with handling rejection because sometimes rejection happens with it's not in your control like there's nothing you did or didn't do whatever that, that brought that on and you have to be like it just wasn't meant for me Um, how do I balance the life and job life is different now for me so the last five years life has been kind of comedy you know like I haven't like being in, in North Hollywood for a few years I I wouldn't see I wouldn't particularly post or get into a lot of conversations and dialogues. Now I just don't give a fuck. And I'm sure there are people that look at my Facebook or social media and be like, fuck that guy. I'm not going to hire him or or put him in a position to make money regardless. And part of that came from one of my, one of my best friends. I say that too fucking much. That's what I'm going to name this episode. One of my best friends uh hillary who is a (laughs) club booker, i mentioned her last episode but i didn't mention her by name and she's she's just she shout out shout out to hillary hudson and she what was i what was i talking oh she she's a she she was a club booker and, and she she puts on festivals like she is in the game like she is in the fucking game and we, we've had conversations early on and she just shares like sometimes as a club booker or, or a festival book like she'll look at people's social media and be like I ain't fucking with that person I don't care how hilarious they are their presence on social, on social media or whatever is just like nope I, I'm good and, and sometimes the opposite like somebody may not be like killing it but they have a good following, or they're very consistent with the things that they put out, and they're like, "Hey, we're 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 going to give that person a, a chance." And sometimes I let that shit get in my head. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm like, "Oh, should I post about titties today? No, somebody's going to see it, and it's going to fuck up that cash flow. I don't want to fuck up the bag by talking about these titties." Or is the is it just that funny where I don't give a shit? So if you if you follow my social media, you know I post debates and some wild shit and i'm it's so it's so liberating so so i'm i'm at the point now where like again if it's meant for me it's meant for me if someone's gonna see it and be like fuck him i'm not gonna pay him for a gig or i'm not gonna hire for a gig that gig ain't for me however someone do see it and be like you know what i want more of that (laughs) let me let me bring him to you know omaha for five people let's get it so so uh Right now there there's not a huge balance. There's really just, you know, comedy, husband, father. I think those those are the really the three most important parts of, of my life. When I did have a 9 to 5, there was a, there was a weird balance, but it was almost easier to me because <laughs> the thing about, you know, a routine and a schedule is you clock out at this job and you're done with that job and then you go clock in at this job and and you do that job when you're a comedian, sometimes I feel like it's, you got to be on all the time. Like it's a 24 hour, seven days a week type of gig. And you're like, nah, I don't want to fucking be funny or, or silly or make you laugh right now. And then there are, there are times where like, that's all I want to do. So it's almost, it's almost, e- it was almost easier to be, to balance shit when I had a nine to five and I had all these other sort of activities. Now it's like, you know, it's, it's like having empty cups in front of me. There was a bug that flew in in front of my face and I tried to grab it. And so <laughs> I don't know how that's going to sound when I hear it back. So if it's like, you're like, that's what happened. But now sometimes I feel that like I have all these empty glasses in front of me and it's like, Ooh, let me pour a lot in, into comedy today. Let me pour a lot into fatherhood. And parents will agree, sometimes you feel like a failure. And I feel like that that's a common feeling that happens with a lot of things. Not just comedy, not just your profession, but also as a mom and a dad and a husband and a wife. So, I kind of find the balance to be more difficult. But at the end of the week, I feel like if you can try to balance your cups, then, then you're kicking ass. I think it's okay to have... <laughs> I'm going to say this, but fuck it. I think it's okay to go a couple of days and have nothing in your... In your children, children glass, like you know, my kids be like, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that, and you like, nope, you know, not today. I'll see you on Thursday and Sunday. You know, what I'm saying? like I think for me, it, the balance is, is a weekly thing because uh, if it was a daily thing, then uh, I would be kicking ass at this and and I would be horrible at that. So I think at the end of the week, if you can have hopefully a little balance of uh, the things that matter most important to you then uh, then you're, you're quote-unquote winning. And then books and, and websites and podcasts, nothing specific. My favorite books do it for me. Uh, the Narration of the Life of Frederick Douglass, The Miseducation of Negro by Dr. Carter G. Wilson. My barber wrote a fucking book, and that inspired me, and I think that was super dope. It just sparked my creativity. Kevin Hart had a book that he wrote a couple of years ago, and I just loved that because I felt like it, it's just great it was relatable like he was talking about shit i'm like yes i know the struggles you know what I'm saying? like I've, i'm going through them i've i've been through that so that's it that's all i got for the episode didn't know i was gonna go this long but that's what happens when i talk about uh all of my best friends <laughs> <laughs> hey uh thank you guys for listening i'll, I'll hit you guys uh soon uh, i don't know the next time i'm gonna have a solo episode probably the next time a guest cancels on me but whenever that happens as much as y'all don't love me talking directly to you i love them these are some of my favorite episodes fuck these guests okay i said it uh i'll talk to you guys soon uh you know what it is my last name peace